Hey everybody, welcome to chapter three, part two, episode one of account planning in the age of COVID-19. So we left off talking about brand personality and I showed you the Keller brand model and um, looking at personalities. And, And I believe I asked you the question at the end of that podcast, can you think what brand personality your meal delivery service is? It's a helpful way when thinking about the target audience. And that's what we're starting to do is thinking about what do we know about the brands that's going to help us understand the target audience. But I'd like to switch gears for a little bit now as we continue um, discussing brands and talk about brand equity. And I want to start with the Tylenol um, case of brand equity because Tylenol is an interesting brand in that it really dominates the acetaminophen um, category, so much so that when you say Tylenol, you might even be talking about a different brand. I mean, it's so in everybody's um, brains. So Tylenol has been around since 1955. What's interesting about Tylenol is, um, if you know anything about, if you've studied public relations at all, you most likely have come across the 1982 crisis um, with Tylenol. And that's when, I won't go into a whole lot of details, but in Chicago, um, some evil people um, tampered with a handful of bottles of Tylenol and a number of people died of poisoning very quickly after that. Nobody knew what was happening, but they quickly identified that it was Tylenol and people were dying. Um, And so this was a huge issue and not only a health issue, I mean, Tylenol had to pull all of their um, products off shelves and not knowing what to do. And just FYI, this is before um, all that safety packaging that we now have. You can tie all that back down to this Tylenol case. So um, before um, this 1982 crisis, you'd open a jar of um, aspirin or anything else and you'd be right in the in the product. You didn't have other safety things you had to go through. Um, so what's interesting about this is the way Tylenol handled this case. They were very open um, about it. They informed consumers what was happening. They um, you know, said they wouldn't put their products back on the market until they knew what was wrong and they led the charge in um, this new packaging that would be safer. And what happened, it created this deep, deep trust with consumers, so much so that you could even say because of the crisis in 1982, Tylenol became the brand of choice for consumers. So it's a weird thing. Everyone thought this would be the end of Tylenol, but the opposite happened. It became top of mind, and it's been top of mind ever since. And so top of mind is that perception of the best brand. So if I were to ask you, um, what do you think of when you think of um, a non-aspirin pain reliever? You're going to say Tylenol, even though there's other brands on the market. You probably can't even think of other brands on the market. That's top of brand. And that's that perception is what um, good advertisers are trying to do with their brands and what good account planners who can find the right consumers to connect to the brands are going to feel that way about their brands. 
So there's a number of companies that have sort of quantified how you can decide whether or not um, there is a good brand or not. And um, one company, Interbrand, um, has a whole system of their best brands where every year they analyze who they think the best brands are. Um, and, and the reason why I put this up here and talk about it a little bit in the book is because um, what Interbrand says is, um, so here's, let me just read this quote, a decade after the global financial crisis, the brands that are growing fastest are those that intuitively understand their customers and make brave, iconic moves that delight and deliver in new ways. That right there is exactly what we're trying to do as account planners, to intuitively understand the consumers at that deep level and you know, moving the advertising in interesting ways, ways that are really going to capture the consumer with the brand. So um, Interbrand also has developed this, what's called a brand valuation model, where they look at financial forecasts, the role of the brand and the brand strength. Um, So the financial forecast is how important the brand is to the consumer, looking at how much you'd be um, willing to pay for it um, compared to other brands, um, the role that the brand has in your life and so on. It's these three combinations that Interbrand has um, decided comes out with what the um, brand value is. And every year they um, make a list of what are the most valuable brands. And you can look online, Interbrand brand valuation model and see for yourself um, what are the um, best brands of 2020. Um, They also have these um, factors that go into um, figuring out um, how strong the brand is. And there's internal dimensions and external dimensions. Um, I'm going to talk quickly about the internal dimensions, and I want to zero in on just a couple of external dimensions. So the internal dimensions, this is what the company is doing to keep the brand strong. Um, So it's clarity, commitment, governance, and responsiveness. Clarity is that they're very clear in their branding, their advertising, and everyone else that they know what the brand stands for and they're able to um, explain that to the world. So if you see that, that clarity, that's that's an indication of brand strength. Um, Also, commitment. How committed is the um, company to the brand, you know, there's a lot of brands out of there that the companies, for whatever reasons, have decided that they're just going to abandon or not pay attention to because there's other more important brands. But brand strength, if you have a company that is behind you, um, whether it shares your name or not, that is a good thing. Governance, the third thing is how the company is run and so how that impacts the brand. And so you already know, you know, say, look at a brand like um, Tom's Shoes, how the company is outward focused, um, donates to causes, gives away a free pair of shoes every time they make a pair of shoes. You know how, you know, a sense how the company is run. So that impacts the brand and the brand strength. And then last on the internal dimension is the responsiveness, how, the, how well the company monitors and deals with changes out 
in the marketplace. So you want a company that is um, attuned to your brand, is going to protect your brand, and have your brand's best interest in mind. Um, these external factors are the ones I really want to zero in on, um, and these are um, is information that is communicated to the consumers and also to potential consumers. So um, authenticity, what the brand stands for, where it comes from, consistency, how consistent the brand is within and across communication platforms. So you can see this in advertising, you see this in the whole poem model, how well they do. Um, presence, how well known is the brand, and relevance, where does the brand fit into the consumer's life. It's hard to get um, a lot of brand equity if the if the brand, the product itself, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, so different kinds of products can be better at this than others. But the two I want to focus in on um, is differentiation and engagement, um, because those are directly related to what we're talking about right now, um, especially while working on your um, secondary research report. Differentiation, how is the brand different from the competitor's brands. That's why in this class we study one category in different brands. So you can learn to see um, you know, the, the differences in the brands. It's a little bit difficult because we're not meeting in person. We're not working in groups in person like we usually do in this class. We're not talking amongst each other. So you're not necessarily seeing what all the groups are doing. And, and that's another reason why um, communicating on Twitter is so important, so you can you know, pay attention to the other brands as well as your own brand. So how is your brand different from the competitors? And then um, last, engagement. How strong is that relationship between the consumer and the brand? And again, you can get a sense of that from watching your brand on Twitter. Um, do people respond? Do they tweet regularly? What kinds of things do they say? And so on. And so that differentiation and engagement are really, um, really key in how we view um, brand strength and brand loyalty and all of that. Uh, so with that, I'm going to stop with this episode and take a little break. And then we will continue on. I think we'll have one more episode for this part two. We'll, we'll see. But um, that's it for chapter three. Part 2, Episode 1. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll have a great day. Bye.